Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week in the studio, Darren Mosley, who runs a big operation in this town. He calls it Misfit Toy Entertainment. And there is more going on than I can keep track of. Thanks for being on Big Talk, Darren. Thanks for having me, Michael. You are the king of karaoke is that in this town. Is that what they say? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I got a. There's who? another. There's another brother on karaoke, Mr. Dave Walters, who is a. Uh, oh. I'll call. I'll call us the 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 duo. He does the bird and uh, root cellar, but together between the two of us, we kind of do the karaoke community. We were going over this where the various places are that you do your karaoke. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can get you to run through it. Okay. Um, every Thursday at Bear's Place, uh, we have karaoke starting at the hours change during the summertime versus the school year, but currently it's nine till twelve. School year that stretches to one thirty, and then on Fridays I host I DJ at Kroger, on and also the Office Lounge, host Carly Wu uh, does the Office Lounge. She starts at ten and goes till two, I believe, and that's and that's your operation yes, as yes, well. Yeah. So yeah. and then Saturday same thing at the Office Lounge for her, uh-huh. um, and Sunday is the back door with Coley. Coley uh-huh. Dean. You've got employees. You've got a thing going on here. Yeah, a lot of people in the community, a lot of people enjoy it. Some people have said, you're the hardest working man in Bloomington. That would be true. (laughs) That would be true. You have a day job, too. Yes, yes. You're an IT geek. You work for Mm -hmm. Cook Incorporated. I do. You make sure that their systems are going. Yes, I do. All of these things that you do, DJing and KJing and all the rest... Mm -hmm. Those are late night things. They are. How do you manage? I need two hours of sleep more than less humans. So how most people feel on six hours, I get by on four. If what you feel like on eight, I get by on six. So six hours sleep to me is like the best, like, ah. And what you feel like on six is how I feel on four, which is capable and good. It's not anything below but how you feel on four and two. It's a, it's a two-hour superpower, I call it. Darren, I need 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I get by on, yeah, like pretty much they say eight's what you need, six to me is the same translation. You've also done a little acting. Yeah. You played a character named Lance in the adventure fantasy series, the NPC. Now that was back in 2014 for yes. an outfit called uh, Man Like Machines. What was that all about? Shout out to George Dolphin. He's a, uh, uh, one of my best friends. Do you know how you have those? Everybody has those crew of people where... You're coming of age, and you become best friends, and you yes. stay friends. That's he's that's part of my crew, and he became a movie a movie producer, and he had me shoot a, a movie about playing a role playing game. Uh-huh. So it was a movie where he was shooting, but I was skyping in. That's my I was able to do it from my own bedroom because the role is I'm the guy who's skyping in and playing the role playing game along with all your other friends because now you can do that with RPGs. That's real method acting. Is that too, too nerdy? Is there RPGs, role-playing games, you know, yeah. like Dungeons & Dragons? That's yeah. that's what we're discussing. George was a student here at yeah. uh, IU, as I, were you. Yes, yes. What did you study here? Japanese business and uh, computer science. You speak Japanese? If you don't use it, you lose it. But I took it from seventh grade all the way through college. At one point, I was really good at it. But I no haven't kidding. used it. Yeah, because if you really... There was one point where... You could drop me off in Japan, and I was good to go. But honestly, now, if you ask me to tell the time, Nanji Desuka is about all I got. You were a youngster in Indianapolis. Sure enough. An alumnus of Arsenal Tech High School. Tech Titans. 
What was your neighborhood like where you grew up? Um, rough, super rough. Um, Whereabouts? On the west side, they call it 2G. Uh-huh. Uh, they did an MSN report on like the most dangerous places, like small areas. Yeah. And we were like 17. Um, I grew up when crack hit pretty hard. So oh, like a lot 80s? of 80s? Yeah, yeah. So your normal friend's parents who always say that people trust the drug. So if someone said, hey, I smoke weed, someone will probably do another form of weed because you've trusted the first plant, you know, the first yeah. decision. Well, cocaine was a party drug. And a lot of normal people thought, well, I'll trust crack. Yeah. And then your friend's parents turned into zombies and neighborhoods changed and that changed the whole landscape of my neighborhood. So grew up pretty rough west side of town um, over on over on Martin Luther King in between Riverside. But I had a lot of love. My parents are, are super like Pentecostal preacher kid. Uh, so they kept us safe. They kept us. We were in church a lot. We were in school. We didn't have a lot of money, but we knew we were loved and we knew, you know, right from wrong. So we all made it out. What did your parents do? Um, my mother. um at the beginning, she just kind of worked an office job, but then she started. She went to school and uh, worked in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And my dad uh, was a printer, so he worked for Fort Bend for a while. But then they closed, and then he worked for um, like pit printing. That was the big change in life. Was uh, starting off, he worked for a nice place. We grew up first off at Lawrence, which was like a suburb. Yeah. Um, some like first through third grade, but then the, the the plant closed or Fort Bend closed. Yeah. And then he went from having like a nice government printing job to like working at like. Um, a standard minimum wage printing job, so it changed Yikes. the landscape of, sure. of like what we're used to. When you talk about your neighborhood being tough, did you recognize it as being tough yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah, you had to fight a lot. You had to. You, you saw a lot of things. You saw a lot of violence. Uh, yeah, your everyday everyday life in that bubble is different than than like. Well, that's why I'm very blessed and happy. Like as far as like filling in Bloomington and people don't know how good they've got it as far as, like, just not having to worry about violence every day. Yeah. yeah. You have a brother. I got three. Or I lost, three. lost one just recently, but I have oh. two brothers alive and a sister. There's an there's Aaron. Fat Kid. That's his guy. That's my guy. That's Fatty his Cougar. nickname. Fatty Cougar. Fat Kid. He's a monster at the Xbox. Yes, that's my brother. Does he sing? He sings his tail off. And you sing, that's for sure. Thank you. Because you do the vocals for Royalty, which is a Prince tribute band. Sure enough. Sure enough. You also do the vocals for a funk band called The Dynamics, and they're described as old-school funk masters. They've been in this town 30 years. Yeah, but they're, they're, a lot of them are a lot older than you are. Yeah, the, the, uh, the funny story is when I first saw them, it was at sports when I was an undergrad, and it was Mr. Dynamic, and I'm an old-school soul fan, so I'm just, like, oozing to, like, I would just like to sing back up with you guys if I can just... Kind of anything I can do, I'll do. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, they, they looked at me. Dennis, who's in the band now, looked at me and said, how old is you? And I said, I'm 24. He said, come back when you're 40. <laughs> so, so I got in at like 34. <laughs> but that's one of, like one of the, they've been around for a long time. So why old stuff? That's soul music, man. Like it's, it's yeah. I was raised, like I said, gospel was, was the upbringing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I didn't, no one knew I could sing until I got to college. Uh, huh. My family they're really good singers. Uh, I always say in the black community, there's, there is the, well, white people think you can sing, and then there's when black people think you can sing. There's a two different. There's two different levels, and my what's fam- the difference? Oh, um, the attention to detail. I'd say, inside of that community, competition exists. So, like the Harlem Renaissance, that's how you turned out those amazing artists in that situation. Because even though there's poverty inside of that poverty, these people are seeing each other every day, and this is what they do. And you want to be the best at what you do. Yeah, And so that spirit of competition 
pushes people to new levels. So yeah, the same thing happens in country music too. Poverty yeah. music, you know, when you're when you're in a situation where that's all you do and you want to be the best, that's you know, George Jones and all those guys too. Where you just that's you, Jimmy Swag, all those guys play because that's all they did was go to church and play the music and listen and like absorb it. Right, uh, that happens in the black community and singing and and just anything like uh, hip hop. All of it's formed from this like, I want to be the best at it. That spirit is in our community. So because of that, uh, I didn't sing because I, I wasn't, even on a, comp- on a competition level, I'm a B singer in my family, maybe a C singer, but we've got some A's. Wow. So I just kind of played drums and, and, and chilled out. It wasn't until I got to college that I found my voice um, with Tower of Power. What is Hit was the first song that I, fa- that I thought, hey, I, I can sing this song. And I don't, you know, my brothers all sound like Brian McKnight and yeah. Luther Vandross. They're crooners, man. They can sing Happy Birthday and Make You Melt. I had a different style of voice, and I didn't know how to use it until I got to IU. So uh. Dr. Mumford, happy birthday to Dr. Mumford. His birthday was yesterday. He's uh, the African-American Choral Ensemble. That's where I found it. Um, he, he's the first person that trusted me enough to sing in front of people, and without him, I wouldn't be singing today. Do you love to be on stage? Sometimes. I love the energy of a good show, you know? You don't always get good shows, though. Every crowd's different. There's nothing like it when it's perfect. It's worth, it. it's worth going out and finding out, you know? Like, not every time is the show great, but sometimes you get out there, when it is great, then it's the best feeling. Right. And you really don't know great until you see not great, yep. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've, had, you've experienced enough bad shows or times where the crowd energy was wrong or, or maybe somebody was sick or things. You know, it's, it's music, man. So that's why it's amazing that band, the Dynamics, have been together 30 years because it's like a marriage. Yeah. You know, like look at your favorite bands. Are they, most of them aren't still together because you beef, you fight, you yeah. you get in the arguments about direction of the band. Right. And, um, the Dynamics have been doing this for 30 years. 30 years is a long history for eight guys to be playing music together. You know what my first concert was, live concert? Tell Inter- me. International Amphitheater. It must have been about 1972 or three. Mm, it's a great year for music. War. War, that's a great band. I love that's great War. Band. That's a great band. Yeah. Sleep in the Darkness, man. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a great band. My first concert was a hip-hop awesome moment. It was uh, N.W.A. and Heavy D and the Boys. First of all, the fact that my mother let me go to this concert was unbelievable. As a oh, child, she let you go? My aunt took it. This was, the, this was one of those moments in life where I could not believe it was happening. My mother, who we didn't, weren't allowed to listen to any cuss words at all, Oh yeah. somehow my aunt convinced her, her younger sister, to take me to this concert. Um, and it was the concert. It ended up being a big moment in hip-hop. It's the concert where Heavy D's dancer died on, at Market Square Arena and uh, fell, um, and they wrote songs about it. Oh, they reminisce over you and in the movie. You were there, yeah, in the in the Compton, the uh, Straight Outta Compton movie where they did F the Police and got shut down. Yeah, that's that's all in India. That's all like hip hop history, and that was like my first concert. How old were you? Oh man, I had to be thirteen. About 92, 93? Uh, yeah. And then what did you go see after that? What did you love to go see? Um, my favorite show. I'm a Prince fan. Uh-huh. Um, so my favorite show was the uh, musicology tour that I uh, we were I was a part of that. One of my best friend was his name is Richard Gilliam, also uh-huh. in the IU Soul Review. Uh, he was a member of the the Prince fan club, uh-huh. and you got special tickets. And I knew they were special, but I didn't know how special. Yeah. But it was the moment where you keep showing your ticket to people, and they kept saying keep going down front, and then they moved like like literally we were at the gate. We it, like you were where you are to me, which is about six, not even six feet, about five feet is where Prince was on stage. It was unbelievable, and it was a great concert. I How mean, did you take it when he died? Oh, cried, man. That's one of the ones that got me. Prince's death, I was at work, and I immediately took a lunch break, went to Yogi's, 
another rest in peace <laughs> to yogis yeah. um and just sat there and listened to music and dealt with it like I, I i had to go back to work and then i didn't do anything else for the rest of the day when you're playing music at the kroger at the kroger yeah. theme park yeah. as i like to call it <laughs> Krogucci. you call it Krogucci. what do you play usually soulish and yacht rockish is like my two genres. I like start as a bass and I throw other things in there. Yeah. So yacht rock is that AM radio music from like late seventies, early eighties. Holland Notes, Toto, oh, sure. Ambrosia, Bread, New Orleans. Like it's that almost jazzy, really well done musician, yeah. really amazing musicianship. And they use these great old studio musicians. Yes, yeah. yes. The, yeah. Music, the, the the technical musicianship of, of that music is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's good to kind of chill out to. Like brandy makes you feel good, you know. There's a heart on the and I do that mixed with a lot of soul. I love music. Apparently, you love music too. When did you get the idea to make it your living? It started because I, in this town, I got here in '94. Um, I used to go to Bears for karaoke, and I used to go to the Bird for karaoke, and it was the same songs for like. And then I left. I went to Chicago after college. And then came back. Was, what were you doing up there? Um, IT for CNA, the big red building oh, downtown. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then I got got this a call for this job back here, uh-huh. working for Cook. When I got back, it was the same songs. They hadn't changed, you know. So, like, at this point, the bars were content to just kind of let them cycle in, do the same songs, do the same things, and sing the same songs over and over again. And that was that was the culture of karaoke then. I uh, went to Indianapolis, and I met with a guy named Norm. I just was hanging out in Indy. And saw a different system uh, from a guy who his name is Norm's Karaoke, and he had a great. It was just amazing, and I asked him. He, he taught me. I said, I would like to do this because we need this in Bloomington. How's this? How do you do this? And huh. I, he sat with me and told me the business. There's a community behind this thing, and that's what I didn't expect at all when I started this. It's like I, when I first got into it, I was like, I like karaoke. I think other people will like this. This is this is something that on a on a on a business level, this is a good idea on an entrepreneur level. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't and think about or expect that has been the best part about all of this is the community that's formed from this like the misfits you know so who are the misfits the misfits are the people that go to the karaoke weekly and the group of friends and and that all vibe the same way we all kind of vibe the same way but um, you're not go, talking about they go to each different yeah, place well, yeah. they do yeah they go to all places so wow. karaoke people are a special breed of people they're all, we're all kind of alike like kind of misfit weirdo kind of guys you know it's funny here's a quote from you where you say i've always identified with the misfit yeah sort of fits did you come up with that name yeah, for yeah, them yeah yeah i did um it, and again it was the name of the business i never thought it would be the name of a community but, yeah, that's, I always did identify. That's where it came from. There is something called the B-Town Karaoke League. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? That is where the culmination of the community, well, first of all, it starts as a season. So this is where in our fourth season, or just finished our fourth season. Right. Um, there, are, there were six teams. Teams? Um, yes, there are six teams. And each team has six to ten people on it. Huh. Um, and every event, they would battle another team in three songs, two solos and one duet or group number in a category of some sort so the category could be um songs that are gibberish <laughs> so body i say to you remember or like the walrus you know like you pick your songs but they get in costume they get i mean they get full on it's 10 points for performance and 10 points for vocal and where do the competitions take place bear's place bear's, bear's place. place yeah it's been three seasons four seasons well the first season was actually a serendipity um and then after that we moved to bear's place and we've been there for three years what do they win um a thousand dollars 
this is money. Yeah. I mean, but to be honest, they spend more money. When you talk about eight people, yeah. it's $100 between. If they have, I mean, well, if there's 10 people on a team, that's $100. Yeah. They spend more than that on the props. It's not the, It's not really the, the money. It is honestly the music nerds that enjoy thinking of the best song for a situation. Um, one of the categories was I had them pick a movie, and inside of that movie, they had to come in costume of the movie and do scenes from the movie, but they could not do any song from the soundtrack. So, <laughs> so, so for instance, if you did It, you could do 99 Red Balloons or Float On. Or yeah. if, you did, uh, if you did Forrest Gump, you might do I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get to kind of design your own soundtrack. Um, you know, like if you did The Shining, you could do Hello by Lionel Richie. Is it me you're looking for? You know, <laughs> so yeah, just, it's, and they get, it's the nerdy, fun aspect of it. that, uh, And they all hang out. So we just had our big going away, our big uh, season ending party last week. It's awesome. And when will the season five start? Um, season five should start in January, but I'm thinking about branching out to kids. I'm thinking about spreading this to like the junior highs. Get out. Yeah, I think the junior or the high schools. I mean, uh, I'd like to. Yeah, I think this is something that like high school show choir kids. Yeah, will get into. So oh, I'm, sure. So um, that's my next. I need to talk to the city about like a little help on on venue. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's my next my next move is actually do, doing this in high school. Isn't it great that Bloomington is sort of a center of do it yourself entertainment? <laughs> yeah, it is. It always has been. It yeah. always has been. This place is built like that. You can you can find ways to do things and have fun. Trivia nights, bingo nights. Yeah. Just anything you want in this town you can do. The drag shows drag at shows, the back door. door. Yep, yep. Shout out to Argenta Perone. You bet. <laughs> People put a lot of thought and a lot of energy into this. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? People should come out and see, wouldn't you think? They do. They do. It gets, uh, Bears gets, we, we pack it there. Yeah. We pack it there because their friends come out. Everyone is, you got six teams with their friends want to see this crazy thing they've been working on and all the things you see on Facebook with the costuming and the, uh, yeah, we do pretty good in Bears. How old are the participants by and large, or is it a big range? It's well, I'd say most of them are in their thirties and miss the thirties. So thirties, yeah. we got twenties. Like the babies are like the twenty fives and twenty sixes. Um, and but I think, do, do yeah. they know the songs? You know, because oh, yeah. it, the older you are, the the bigger your mental library yeah, is. Yeah. Um, the music nerds are music nerds, and good yeah. music is good music. You know, so I might, I might not. I'm born in '76, but I know '50s music that was awesome. You know, oh yeah, you know Frankie Lyman. I know. I mean, that's all. It, Frankie Lyman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, the like, teenagers. Yeah, yes. So yeah. So this, <laughs> if good music persists. So, how about platters and ink spots yep. going way back? Yep. yep. This is all. This is all the type of. This is all that music that it persists because there's all, one they use in soundtracks, like yeah. really good stuff. Oh yeah. You hear it, and if you're a movie person, then they they they. Kind of cement movies with a, uh, I think they use a platters and ink spot in a, Car- not Carlito, yeah Carlito's way. Is it Carlito's uh, way? Carlito's way. Oh no, way. Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. Oh, they, they had a great '50s, '60s soundtrack. So you get to see these movies come out that still continue with this amazing music that you kind of right. pick up and learn. If you go out and you're going to get in your car and yeah. go wherever you're going to go, what are you going to listen to? <sighs> Today, that's a good question. When I'm in my car, I usually keep it on like. XM Radio. Ah, Yacht Rock Station. So they have a summertime, particularly for the summertime, Sirius uh, XM Radio had, turns one station that's normally the love station into the Yacht Rock Station. <laughs> so, and you only get it for a season. So you only get this station from May till about September, till boating season's over. Yeah, yeah. And so I usually listen to that station for like, so yeah, probably Yacht Rock today. Oh, so Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. Y-A- 
C H T. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like sailing, like Chris, Chris, crisscross sailing. Yeah, yeah all that I was thinking, stuff. what is what is that word? What yeah. is that word? Now yeah, I finally yeah. get it. Yacht Rock Radio. Um, <laughs> what comes next for you besides thinking about the youngsters uh, doing the competition? Um, that is pretty much my like. Right now, I'm in the middle of wedding season, so that's what you do. You yeah. DJ at weddings. Do mm-hmm. you do? Do weddings like to have karaoke too? They they like to, but I always suggest not. I'm, I've never had. I've only had one wedding that actually didn't listen to me. Um, Why not? The bride and the groom. It's their day, you know. Ah, uh, and yes, karaoke takes the spotlight off of them and on the person. Yeah, the guy who's been wanting to sing his song and the whole thing. It should be about the bride and the groom. So I, I'm, um, unless you're in a, a room of hardcore karaoke, like if like. A couple of people have gotten married at like that met at karaoke. Yeah. In those cases, yes, it That's makes perfect different. sense. Yeah, different thing. But if it's not like that, then it's yeah. You don't need entertainment at a wedding other than just like being with your family and loved ones. You don't need it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm anti karaoke at weddings. Uh huh. You you're like a sensitive and thoughtful guy. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs. I think everybody should be. You know. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Bloomington, you came back, you had been in Indianapolis, you had been in Chicago, you'd been in these exciting places. Mm-hmm. So why Bloomington? Man, this place is awesome. Um, the community here is amazing. Um, I hate traffic. Oh, boy. So I hate traffic. So um, other than 3rd Street, whatever they're doing, whatever you're doing on 3rd Street, stop it immediately. I hope they hear that. <laughs> Um, other than what's happening on Third Street right now, I just you went to Chicago and you realize oh. like those you know, your there's a part of your part of your everyday grind is a commute if you live in the, outside the city. Even living in the city, then you're dealing with the cost of living. Yeah. So I paid two thousand dollars. Me and my roommate, those two of us, all we wanted was a two bed, two bath, with air conditioning, uh, in air, central air, um, and a washer and dryer in the building. Right. Um. So we lived on uh, we lived at. Uh, uh, Roscoe Village, which yeah, is near Wrigleyville. You're from Chicago, so yeah. you're in the area. And 15, 16 years ago, it was $2,000 to rent. Very hot area. Yeah. I mean, well, and, not, and my mother's mortgage in Indianapolis was like under $700. Uh-huh. So, and I always wanted a home. So I didn't. I knew that if I stayed in Chicago that, or a big city, then like having a real home would be like, I'd, either, I'd, either, I'd need to change my plan to think about being the v- vice president of IT. You know what I mean? You, you start to think about... I'm gonna need five hundred thousand to get this thing, um, and in, in Bloomington you don't need that. Yeah, um, you can have. I have a home, a South Side. I love my house. Um, I love the people here. Um, my roots are here. Uh, it's close to my family. Um, it's cheap to drink here. That's also one of the greatest <laughs> parts about Bloomington is there's always there's always a drink for less than five dollars in this town. <laughs> a good one too. Would you ever dream that you could chuck your day job? I love my day job. Uh, it's like. It's like a weird family. It's something you, that you don't think about when you're planning your career is how these people who have never been to my house, yeah. who I spend more time with them than I do any other human and any, anyone else. Of course. And, yeah. we, and if you have a career for 16 years, you've been doing this. So all the breakups, the death of my brother, the death of their parents, you know, like their divorces, the, all the things that happen that huh. make us human, that hurt, the, the pain that... You go through that weather, and you know about this. These things that happen um, in our plant. It's like a family there. It's like a this particular part of Cook. Not we, I don't work at the Big Cook. I work at Polymer. So there's not as many people there. Uh, it's like a family, you know. And of course, your family can drive you crazy. I'm sure I drive them oh, crazy. Sure. I'm, I'm, they drive me crazy from time to time. But that's what it is. So yeah, I, I, one day I'd like to retire. 
like to retire early, in fact, but I will miss them because it's, it's, it's been like a journey. And you never have a feeling that what you're doing at night has become a burden or an ordeal? No, I think it's the image. Like if I come in tired, right, it could be because I'm just tired or it could be because I'm sick. The image is like Darren must have been out partying all night or Darren must have been out at a gig all night. Yeah. Some, so some of that, but at the end of the day, I can live with that. People are going to say what they think. You just got As long as my boss is down with me and his boss is down with me and the yeah. checks keep coming and the work keeps getting done, everything's good. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten any of your uh, workmates to get into the karaoke scene? No. Pretty much everyone sticks to themselves. It's a really interesting place where you know them from work and outside of work you don't see each other. This is Darren Mosley. At first I described it as an empire here, but you sort of bristled at that use of the word. Yeah, it just feels the lack of the community. It's, it, you know what I mean? It's just like empire sounds like on a, on a, on a financial, on a yeah. entrepreneurial level, but it doesn't have that feeling to me. It's, it's really my friends and my community. You know, that's what it feels like. So empire just, yeah, that's why the bristle was there. So you talk about these people more as family, friends, community, yeah, yeah. rather than customers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's why empire bristles. They're not, I don't, I've never used the word customer when describing people that come out. Yeah, never once. And that's interesting. I, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like, that's not the vibe that I'm, that, that exists. Because that's sort of cold. Well, just, it's just not, the, it's not correct, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, in the sense of if you were, if you saw it uh, and you saw the camaraderie and you saw how we all meld and, and hang out, uh, it's really, it's really friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. Friends and family, Darren Mosley, he's a DJ, he's a KJ, he runs the big Misfit Toy Entertainment operation, he's also an IT geek. You can catch him just about anywhere in town, uh, almost any day of the week, mm-hmm. running the karaoke and spinning platters. We used to say that. Yes. Spinning platters. You know who I used to love? Who? Don Cornelius. Don Cornelius. Peace, love, and soul. Here's a groove that'll sure enough make you want to move. <laughs> Which one? Here, here's a big and everybody's digging. Those were his, <laughs> oh, yeah, his, oh, his phrases. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. If um, The dynamics. Just keep an eye for the dynamics. That's another band that... A lot, like outside of karaoke, close to my heart, these these guys, we've been playing music together for now eight years. Yeah. Uh, we just did, I just did my first taste. This, all this time in Bloomington, I just did my very first taste. Outdoors. Outdoors. What were some of the songs? Do you recall? Um, we did The Bird uh, by Time and Morris Day and the time we did. Yeah. We did, uh, we did Prince. We did, uh, did we do James there? I think about what our set list was. Um, no, we hit them with funk. So we did Earth, Wind, and Fire. Trying to think what else we did, but pretty much we did our funk set for about an hour and a half. There is a documentary about James Brown, and he was an amazing businessman yeah, and well, e- extremely disciplined. Yes. He ran the tightest of ships. $50 if you missed a note. If you missed your cue yeah, yeah, or yeah. if you had your jacket unbuttoned. $50, yeah, $50 but back then, you know. Yeah, James is the James's tightness is the foundation of funk and hip-hop. He's like, his his influence can never be understated. He was called the hardest working man in show business. He was, and he was. You have been called the hardest working man in Bloomington. Sometimes I feel like I am. (laughs) (laughs) Darren Mosley, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it.